0: Joining us now is Dan Ives, Managing Director of Equity Research at Wedbush. Hey there, Dan. So good to have you. We have lots to talk about today, but let's start with Tesla because it's currently down about 1%, trading around 294 right now. It's been a long time since I've seen Tesla trade at these levels, but obviously that three-for-one stock split went into effect, and you updated your price target. Your pre-split target was 1,000. That would have been 333 a share, but now you updated it to 360. So why the bump, Dan? Dan?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, to me, it's all about production in China. And Tesla doesn't have a demand problem. It has a supply problem. They're starting to ramp significantly in China. And I think that's important to the story. And you know, I think as we go into the second half of this year, in 2023, it could be on a run rate for 2 million vehicles as we go in 2023. And I think, in, in my opinion, that's the reason that you stay bullish on Tesla, because of what's really changed in the production side.
0: So Tesla hasn't had a supply problem or hasn't had a demand problem. It's always been about the supply problem. But how are you thinking about demand heading into the end of the year, given the the global economic slowdown that we're seeing?
1: Yeah, look, in demand around the edges, you'll clearly see softness. But even if we cut demand by five, even 10 percent, I mean, demand would still outstrip supply going into mid-2023. And of course, if you look at the efficiency and the margin structure, specifically out of China and now with Berlin and Austin ramping in 2023, I mean, the margin story really starts to take further hold as we go into the next 12 to 18 months. So that's my view of Tesla, that as we go into the second half, you're really going to start to see more momentum because now they're going to be able to fulfill those orders which they couldn't do really the last two years.
0: And just quickly, in terms of the stock split, are you looking at that as a bullish catalyst still, or was that already priced in? Because obviously it does make it cheaper for the retail investor.
1: Yeah, I think that's when obviously retail continues to to like that in terms of stock splits. But I think some of that's priced in, and ultimately, fundamentally, that's what's going to drive the stock higher, not necessarily the stock split.
0: Okay, so I want to get your take on the Twitter whistleblower and what it could mean for Tesla head Elon Musk in that deal. Do you think he's more likely to be able to back out of the deal, get a, get a cheaper price for the deal? How do you think this all plays out, Dan?
1: Look, I think going in, it felt like Twitter, and I think they still do, has a pretty ironclad hold in terms of the upper hand going into Delaware court case. But look, I do, I do think it changes the calculus in terms of you know, what we saw on, on the Zacksill claim, and I, I think for Musk, it, it gives him a leg to stand on. And it's our view, continuously our view, that they don't even step. Forward. I think this is ultimately, and he ultimately buys Twitter, probably a renegotiated 50 to 51 dollars. That's sort of our view in terms of where this ultimately goes. And I think maybe this could you know, potentially just give him more, uh, you know, I'd say, leverage as they go into to those negotiations potentially.
0: So you think the deal will go through? I just want you to repeat your price and what you think that it will go through.
1: Yes, yeah, so we have Twitter, $50 price target. It's our view the deal does happen at a renegotiated price. And that's why that stock continues to trade on deal dynamics uh, rather than fundamentals.
0: Yeah, Twitter down about less than 1% today, trading around 40, 48. But essentially, you think it will go through for $4.20 less than uh, Musk initially proposed. All right, let's talk about Salesforce. It's a big loser today, down about 7%, and doesn't seem like that would be all that big of a surprise to you because I was looking at your note, and you say, good quarter, but softer guidance will be front and center. Definitely getting punished today for that, that softer guidance. Uh, what were the key takeaways in terms of the outlook, but also f- from last quarter?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, like, Billings moved off. And overall, Metrics will say inline is slightly higher, but it was really guidance. I mean, you know, I think they ripped the bandaid off in fiscal 23 guidance. they you will know, lower that, of course, FX about 200 million of that, but still 2 3% lower of God. And look, and I think this is a theme. You're going to see expectations lowered for second half into 2023. I do think Salesforce has some company specific issues in terms of integration. As you've seen on front office, that causes that. But you stay bullish in the stock. I think they ultimately cleared the decks. It's conservative numbers. And I think now it sets it up for more of a beat and raise type story You know, as we go into the next fall of six to nine months. So I view this as an overreaction in terms of the sell-off.
0: Okay, so let's talk about your more bullish outlook on it because you're still at outperform. You lowered your price target from 225 to 215. But given that it is a slower economy and it does have some company-specific issues, as, it, as you said, where do you draw your optimism from and what gets it to 215? It's currently trading around 168 right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they held the margin story. The cash flow story continues to play out. And I think this is one, especially on the cloud shift, they're going to be able to further penetrate their install base. I think sales cycles may be elongated in the near term, but on the other side of the dark cloud in terms of the macro, I think this is almost a reacceleration story. And also, Benioff is not someone I bet against. And I think that's been the wrong move. And in my opinion, they're going to be able to navigate through this. And I can even see them doing more and more M&A, which is why I think the stock ultimately has a two in front of it.
0: And Dan, just quickly, in terms of tech overall, we've obviously seen a nice bump up in the sector since the June lows, or what, what are at least the June lows for right now. There's a question about getting back to them or not. But how are you looking at tech right now? Still good buying opportunities? Would you be buying on the dips? And, and what is it that you think uh, people should have on their shopping lists?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think tech's green into the second half. And obviously it's a Rubik's key macro. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens at Jackson Hole tomorrow. But I think it's software, cybersecurity, and some of the stars. Favorite names continue to be Palo Alto, Apple, Microsoft, especially talk about Tesla. And then you look across cybersecurity. I think there's a lot of names you could be buying there, including Fortinet as well as names like CyberArk, because those are areas that are holding up in this macro. And I think they're going to stay sort of rock of Gibraltar's as we go through this bumpy road.
0: All right, we'll leave it there. Dan Ives of Wedbush, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much.